Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the High Side News podcast. Today's podcast is being recorded at 10.37 on the 12th of April. And over the weekend, we had the return of British Superbike Action and two of us were present at Silverstone for the opening round of the season. Joining me once again to talk to you all about the start of the BFB season is Dawn and Jack Hammersley. Jack, I hope you're okay, mate. Sadly, weren't at Silverstone, but did you enjoy watching the return of BFB from home? Yeah, uh, Silverstone, I wasn't sure what it, was, it would bring, but yeah, it brought three great races and all the support races pretty decent as well, so it's good, good it's back. Don, I hope you're all right as well. You managed to make it to Silverstone on the Saturday. Did you enjoy your day there? Yes, hi Luke. Yeah, it was great. It was just so good to be back inside the paddock and watching the racing and the weather was amazing, so it was a great, a great day. Right, before we start talking about the BSB action, let's quickly run through the MotoGP news that's come out in the last 24 hours. Uh, Mark Marquez and Anea Bastianini will not be at Tota for the American Grand Prix, and Stefan Bradl and Michele Pirro will be replacing them. Uh, the last I checked, there had been no word yet on Miguel Oliveira, but he has travelled out to America to be um, assessed ahead of the weekend. And Joan Mir is also back after his ankle injury in Argentina. So two big runners, yet again, not taking part in Mark Marquez and Anaya Bastianini. So that's a, a big loss once again for the championship. But we might get into that a little bit later on after we've covered the, the hectic start to the BSB season. Uh, let's, let's jump straight into it with the British bike. Let's go straight into race one, shall we? With... Uh, really what was a dramatic race all around, which led to uh, Kyle Ride from the OMG Racing Yamaha team taking victory. And Jack, it was, a, it was a solid ride from Kyle. It was definitely his best of the weekend. And he really came out flying, didn't he? Yeah, he, he had to fight for it. He dropped a little bit backwards, but not too far back. And he specifically really liked to uh, pass Tommy Bridewell to turn one. That didn't happen just in race one. But, uh, yeah, constant fine throughout the field and Kyle picked his moments and he probably had the, he probably saved his tyre the best and just held off um, a late attack by Tommy to win his third of a race at the Silverstone National Circuit. So it was a great start for Kyle. Yeah, he seemed really happy with his with his result and I mean you can't blame him he picked up really where uh, Brad Ray had left off for that team um, you just mentioned Tommy Bridewell he finished second overall in race one and really it was a great start for for Tommy as he switched over to Paul Bird's beer monster Ducati squad and it's, it's really what you'd expect from Tommy on a Ducati he loves the bike uh, he's gelled really well with the team uh, we weren't too sure how Ducati were going to get on at Silverstone, where it's not really been a Ducati track in the past with the uh, the national circuit. But Tommy and Glenn Owen, who we'll get on to uh, later on as well, definitely showed their class, as well as someone who'd just left Poolburn Motorsport and has switched to the FHO Racing BMW team, Josh Brooks. He was he came out fighting, didn't he, Dawn, this weekend? And it was good to see Brooks back up at the, the sharp end of the field, wasn't it? Oh, it was amazing. And, yeah, he he looks reformed, he looks fresh, and he looks happy. And I, I just did have an inkling that this was going to happen because he'd been strong in testing, but then you can't take too much from testing. But, yeah, Josh has had an amazing first round. He must be so happy. Yeah, it was his return to the, the podium and uh, his first for... FHO, so he really um, rewarded her really for taking <clears throat> what could be classed as a risk after what had been Josh's last two seasons, really in um, BSB, where he had been not performing to the level that Josh Brooks that we all know Josh Brooks can in BSB, and um, even you know a, a man who's returned to Paul Bird Motorsport, Glen Owen, who I just mentioned, finished fifth in that race. It was a solid race, really, for those two BMWs. Um, not so much for the the Motor Rapido team, who struggled a lot more, which seemed like a technical issue in in race one. But um, a man that I, I I picked for the championship and had a decent start to his season, uh, Leon Haslam, 
on the older spec um, BMW as well, I believe, which was impressive to see him up there solidly and sick from race one. And also Jack Jack Kennedy, the, the reigning Supersport champion, multiple-time British Supersport champion. Uh, he's come up to Superbikes this year with Martrain Racing Yamaha. He started life off really well in, in, in Superbikes this time around, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, it was great to see Jackie go, you know, he, he was running at the front of me. I don't think he quite led a race, but, you know, he was in the fight for the entire, all three races. It was it was great to see the Martrain Yamaha in Superbike spec and Kennedy in Superbike spec uh, be up there at the front fighting with all the guys. Yeah, he uh, he really did show his class and his, his true talent, really, at Silverstone. And it was it was good to see him right up there towards the front. Um, Dawn, I'm just looking through uh, uh, other riders who were impressive in race one specifically. Uh, Jason O'Halloran had a decent ride. He was in fourth place, sort of about where you'd expect Jason to be, or did you think he'd be uh, on the podium at the start of the season? Yeah, I did perhaps think he might sneak onto the podium, but like you say, I think, did he lead in race one um, a few times? And it's expect, but I just think the level now at the front is that high that you've really got to fight for that first, second and third place. But yeah, it, it, I'm sure Jason will be pleased he's had quite a strong start to the season. Yeah, um, I'll open this up to you two. Is there anyone else who surprised you in, in race one specifically or underperformed in race one from where you ex- all, expected them to be? All the Kawasaki's. Yeah, yeah that was... Um, <clears throat> That was a, a shock. I think I heard. Were they running a new swing arm that they were, yeah. they were trying out this weekend? Yeah, just three were anyway. Hmm. But I think for most of the race, the top Kawasaki was Dean Harrison. I know Lee Jackson uh, got him towards the end of the race, but it was sort of a shock to not see a Kawasaki at least in the top ten for the opening race of the season, especially with someone like Lee Jackson, who is you know we we've seen before he's a race winner in BSBs. It'd been in the past a, a showdown contender, so I think they were definitely the, the underperformers at the start of the weekend for sure. Um, just looking through for any any standouts uh, for anyone. See so Charlie Nesbitt had a good start on the Honda, twelfth place. Danny Kent as well, ninth place on the Honda. I think they both started the season off quite well in race one. Um, race two was. A bit different, I'd say. It wasn't. There, there were still all the the main sort of five that we mentioned before: Brooks, Bridewell, Irwin, Ride, and O'Halloran fighting at the front. But it felt a little bit more controlled in race two. Uh, Jack, I'll go to you for this because I know you picked Brooks as your who you think would be champion at the end of the year. It looked a lot more controlled from Josh Brooks. He had a very good weekend, and I'd say race two was definitely his best race off the weekend. Yeah, he got he got out to the front. He did a very Josh Brooks race where he just he got to the front, he has no one in front of him and he just controls the pace. And control you know, consistent lap times within two tenths of each other. And it was just a really well planned race. And I think he got aided by the fact that Kyle and Tommy were fighting furiously lap after lap into turn one and two every single lap and I think that just caused a little bit of a buffer for Josh to save his tyre a little bit better but yeah to lead I think I don't know how many laps he led but 20 odd laps he led and to win his first race in I think 68 races is uh, quite something yeah um, I think we got denied a little bit of a, a fight towards the end between Brooks and Bridewell because race two got red flagged because of Danny Buchan's crash, rightly so. And I haven't seen anything about Danny Buchan's condition. I don't know if you two have with after his crash in race two. Yeah, he's okay. And um, he said he's actually, there was a bit of confusion to whether he'd actually broken anything in his foot. So he was seeing a specialist today. But <clears throat> he's up and about and walking in his home and everything. So he is just waiting to see. And he's hopefully uh, going to be on the grid for Alton Park and at the end of the month. That's good to hear about uh, Danny. Yeah. He had a, a, a decent week. He, he had a decent weekend up until uh, up until his crash in race two, where he'd been running inside the top ten. But yeah, like you said, Jack, the the Bridewell and car ride thing, 
they were furiously going at each other throughout the weekend, really, in every race. Dawn, uh, I don't know what you thought watching. Kyle would always try and make the move into turn one and then down the back straight, Tommy just had the legs on that Ducati over Kyle and would always get him back down into the final few corners. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you've got, <clears throat> excuse me, if you've got a straight in front of you, you know the Ducati is always going to pull out in front of you. But Kyle wasn't giving up. And I remember listening to Jamie Whitman, and I'm not sure he said that if OMG didn't make a few changes to Kyle's bike for race two, because he just didn't seem to have what he had in race one. So he didn't have enough to answer Tommy, I don't think, which was a shame for Kyle. The bike, uh, Kyle's Yamaha, was completely stripped after race two. And I, I know that from seeing it in there. It was completely, the fairing was completely off and they were up to something with it, but not sure what they changed. But it did look like, especially for race three, where which was Kyle's, Worst performance of the weekend, really, after how he started on Saturday. Um, I think they definitely did change something after race two. But um, Jack, we'll go over back to, to PBM now, uh, to Glenn Irwin, who rounded out the podium in race three and really a, a solid ride from Glenn after you know a, a solid Saturday meeting. And it was good to see him back on the podium for Paul Bird Motorsport again, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, he, he did make it easy for himself at all. He dropped to about 12th place and then just slowly but surely climbed and climbed and climbed and got into third place. And Glenn said he, he felt like he could have actually gone on to win the race, even though there was only three laps left when the red flag came out. But it was quite surprising to me to see the the two Ducatis flying at the front. But yeah, they, you know, they've made steps and... They're looking quite good for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think it was... Um, we discussed it last week, and I think it was... Uh, you did point out that it hadn't been a Ducati track in the past, and I was just wondering whether you thought it was just Bridewell and Glenn that made the difference this year, or maybe something had changed within the team and the bike, or, or what did you think watching them compared to the past? Well, I've compared to the race times, and so the only race that went the full distance... That's a similar distance last year was at race three. I compared that to last year's race three and the year before's race three and the year before that <laughs> race three. And 2022 was just significantly faster than every other year. I think that's probably just due to testing. But 2020, 2021 and this season have all relatively stayed the same pace-wise. So I just generally think that they benefited the fact that the pace had, the pace had magically jumped forward to back. It just... Since 2020, apart from 2022, the pace stayed exactly the same. And the race time, when race winning time was only different by about one second. So that's probably what they benefited from. But yeah, it was great. Just great performance by the two being monster Ducatis. Yeah. Um, not so great from the other Ducati on the grid. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, not so great from, from Christian Eden, who really didn't have it his own way throughout the whole weekend compared to the, the Paul Bird Motorsport Ducatis. Um, Motor Rapido do often put out a good a good package. We've seen that before in the past with Tommy Bridewell. But Christian, I wouldn't say it's a worrying start to the season for Christian because we all know what Christian has done in the past. I just think there was a few technical gremlins that did hold him back in race one and race two was not his fault. Got... Um, taken out by Charlie Nesbitt from what I could see. And uh, race three was the only race he could complete. But um, Dawn, what did you think of the other Ducati on the grid, really? The the Motor Rapido Oxford Products team and Christian Eden's start? Yeah, it was very, very unfortunate. And you just think sometimes he does have that air of bad luck, Christian. And I just think it was new team for him. And like you say, race two, total out of his hands. I think uh, technical in race one. It's early days, but they, they do need to to perhaps show something at Alton Park for us to improve. I'm sure the team will will come back. They're, they're a good run team, and they have a they have a good rider. Um, yeah, just looking through again. Leon Haslam and Jack Kennedy again showing good stuff in race two. Same as Danny Kent on the Honda. Um, a bit of improvement from the Kawasaki's in race two with Lee Jackson finishing 10th. And I'm 
any anyone else in the the second race of the the weekend that surprised you guys or disappointed you guys on, on how they did for me i just think like my standout ride has been jack kennedy you know mm. the front row starts what is hard and yeah in testing i think they have just used testing to test the package what they've got and haven't been too worried about being up the order and they've just completely saved it for for when they start racing yeah it was uh I wouldn't say a complete shock, and if it was a complete shock to people, then they obviously haven't watched uh, Super Sport in the past, potentially, or haven't seen the, the talent that Jack Kennedy is. And I'm not completely shocked to see him up there. Silverstone suits the Yamaha. Uh, they've all gone well there, especially Jason and um, Kyle. Uh, Ryan Vickers, I, I imagine, would have been up there if he hadn't been nursing a, a wrist injury. But it was it was a, it was a great showing from from Jack throughout the weekend. Jack, do you have anything more to add for, for Kennedy's opening weekend in, in Superbikes once again? Move on up for Kennedy. I mean, he was good. He signed on the front row in a couple of races as well. And I can't remember if he actually led. I don't think he actually led a race, but he was close. I think he was second place. I think that's the highest he ever he was. He ever was. But one one rider I think needs uh, needs a mention for his efforts in his, the first two races was Peter Hickman. He it was really mixed fortunes from. Josh Brooks' side of the garage to Peter's because Peter's weekend did not go well in the first two races at all. It was a complete disaster. Yeah, was there anything... That, um, did he say what was wrong with, with his bike? It looked Because he, he kept coming into the pits every now and then, I think, in, in race two. There was, so the crash that he had in warm-up was... They, don't, they still don't know what that was. But um, in race two, he had to retire due to electro, electrical issues. Hmm. So it was a it was a real mixed uh, a real mixed weekend for Peter Hickman, but still he managed to pull uh, some points in the opening race of the season uh, in race one and even in race three. Uh, to race three, uh, we've spoke about him quite a lot already and about what a good weekend he had. Uh, Glenn Irwin got back onto the top step of the podium once again for uh, Paul Byrne Motorsport with the Beer Monster Ducati team. Uh, he really rounded out a, a great week, a great opening weekend for him with a, a fifth, a third, and then jumping up straight to a, a victory. And he was joined by his teammate Tommy Bridewell on the podium, who had sat on, uh, stood on the podium every race at Silverstone, two seconds in a third place, and also Josh Brooks in second place, as he completed a weekend where he was on every step of the podium, as he'd gone from third to first to second throughout the weekend. And it had just been a great showing from, from Paul Bird once again. We've spoken about how maybe, you know, the, the testing being being wet and the, the race pace being a little bit slower may have helped them out. And Josh Brooks just looks really revitalised from how he had been doing the last couple of seasons at Paul Bird. Um, Dawn, what had you made of, of Josh's whole weekend, not just his final race, but seeing him back and through testing because he just looked he's just looked completely different so far in 2023 since getting on the BMW. Yeah, very very positive. Uh he couldn't have hoped for a better start and um he, he must be feeling the best thing they ever did to change teams. He's got a new crew chief. Things are going great. It's just a perfect start for him. Yeah, it really has been the perfect start to 2023 for Josh Brooks. He does also lead the championship, I believe, after after a great start to, to the season for him. And the BMW and him just seem to have matched perfectly, a bit like you could say Bautista and Ducati have in, in World Superbikes. It looks like they've they've done similar. Uh, Jason O'Halloran, again, just outside the podium positions. Jack, were you expecting... A bit more from from Jason, maybe at the start of the season, where he didn't get a podium at Silverstone. Uh, I'm not really. It's better than last season, but it's just very Jace round. He just picked up points, solid, top all top five finishes. Didn't really make a mistake anywhere, and he's just brought home those good solid points. He probably didn't have enough just for the podium, but he did the best he could at the situation. So we know he's strong at Alton Park given there's not someone passing him at Druids. But, um, yeah, Jace, good, solid opening round, and hopefully he can uh, start his 
So maybe he can be the fourth different race winner in a row at Alton Park. Yeah, I was I was just about to ask you about that, actually. Jason O'Halloran, next round Alton Park. What happened last year there in a the showdown? We won't completely go into that. That's behind us now. Do you think there will be a point to prove for Jason at, at Alton Park, maybe? Possibly. But I think he's just going to go out and try and do the best he can in I imagine the last lap, especially if he's got someone behind him, he might go a little bit defensive into Druids, but uh, I think he'll just won't let it won't let anything affect him, and he'll just try and do the best job he can and try and get back on the top step. He's an experienced rider, is Jason. He he knows where he needs to be. Um, looking at the other Yamaha in the final race, Kyle Ride Dawn. It was by far really Kyle's worst performance of the weekend. Uh, we'd spoke that maybe some things had changed on the bike, but overall, what had you made of Kyle's start to 2023? Because it had been a bit of an up-and-down weekend, really. Yeah, a bit of an up-and-down weekend, like starting the best way possible by winning a race. But again, it, it's only race uh, round one. Don't take too much from it, but you'll be opening for a little bit more consistency, I would have thought, um, for round two. Hmm. Uh a rider that we have to mention when you think about race three is former Moto3 world champion Danny Kent, who had been there or thereabouts all weekend. He'd been battling around in the top 10, uh, mainly battling for about seventh position with, with Jack Kennedy, settling for eighth in the first two races. But a fifth place for Danny Kent in race three. And he also led the race. It was brief. It was only two or three laps. But, but Jack, it was good to see Danny Kent, who... Had such a rotten end to his time in the Grand Prix paddock and a shaky start to him when he first came to BSB with the MV Augusta a couple of years ago where he did one round. But it was good to see see Danny up there, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, the Honda, you clearly see the Honda working, especially at the last sector compared to the Ducatis. And Danny wasn't the KTM, not KTM, the Honda that I was expecting to see at the front. I was expecting that to be Irwin, but I'm guessing after his um, crash on Friday, that probably is why he wasn't up there as much. But just to see Danny leading, it was surprising, but uh, a welcome surprise. And he he's had a podium before in BSB, but uh, I think now he'll be looking to... Um, he's had a top five, looking to get his... I think this will be his first possible dry podium he could be looking for. So hopefully he can start pushing the limits to there as well. Yeah, um, it would be good to see Danny back on the podium once again. Uh, as I mentioned, former Moto3 champion, was class in 2015, fallen off a little bit since then, but it looks like he's on the, the upward trajectory. Uh, again, riders who did well, Leon Haslam again in sixth, Jack Kennedy in eighth, uh, Lee Jackson in the top ten again. Um, riders who maybe didn't do as well as I thought they would. Just looking down, maybe Christian Eden, 11th in race three. But again, looked like he had bike problems and got taken out in race two. So had a poor starting position for the final race. But really, I don't know about I don't know about you guys, what you think, but I'm just looking for any other standouts or maybe underperformers throughout the whole weekend as, as a thing. And I'm not really noticing anyone else other than ones to be mentioned. I thought Tim Neve did well. I thought he, um, I mean, actually in race three, he's beaten his brother just by one one spot. He got 13th, so he was in the points. And I think McCam's Yamaha were really pleased with what he'd done. So, yeah, I think a solid weekend for him, for Tim. Yeah, he, um, I don't know if he was, but I seem to be seeing him and his brother in the same bit of track quite a lot throughout the weekend. So I'm sure they were both enjoying that. Uh, Tim and Tom Neve with Honda and Yamaha. It, um... Yeah, they looked like they were having good fun in race three. It did look like they were they were battling it out for a while, but Tim got the better of him uh, in the final race of the weekend. And yeah, well, I guess the the only thing I have, else I have to say about the BSB return was three good races, three different race winners. Let's hope it continues like that for the rest of the season for for the BSB boys. Jack, I don't know if you have anything to to add before we move on from the Superbikes before we look at Supersport. Um, yeah, it was just good races. It's good to see Brooks back. Yeah, hundred fiftieth podium in race three. Well, I couldn't believe is the fact that Josh's first win. He couldn't rise to the fact that the two people below him on the podium were the two PBM bikes. I think that was just perfect. Like, 
most ironic, uh, most ironic riders and team you could have be below him. Yeah, it uh, it really did sort of make you wonder if last season that Paul Bird team maybe wasn't completely how it has been in the past, and maybe it wasn't just Brooks and Sykes that were letting the side down. Um, let's move on to Supersport and. Dawn, I'll go straight to you for this, where you were with, working with the McAdam Racing Team this year. And um, first of all, I want to talk about Tom Topperis, who really had a, a great start to the Supersport season. What um, what did you make of his, his, his two races? Yeah, the team were really pleased with Tom. He couldn't have had a better start because he'd not actually raced at Silverstone before. So to actually go out there and get a fourth and a third... Um, and be challenging so strongly at the front end. It's just very promising. Yeah, he uh, he was battling in the in. The, we'll, we'll look at his second race performance actually before we talk about anything else. And he was battling with with Reece Irwin and uh, Lee Johnston for really what could have been a, a race winning position towards the end of the race. And they they were running it close in race two. Jack, I'm I'm sure you were watching at home. What what did you make of of, of his start? Yeah, it was great. Um, the race one, he just got hampered by a poor start. Mm-hmm. That's what just cost him the chance to go with the, the three leaders. But in race two, he was there from the off, really aggressive in the opening few laps, and he did lead. I mean, it, it led for about three corners before his incident with Buffemos. But um, yeah, from that moment, he was in third, stayed in third, hung on to the back of recently, and just. Uh, yeah, I think he just had a few moments that cost him the chance to try and fight with those two for the victory. But podium in the in the opening, opening weekend and second in the championship from at a track you've never been to before, solid stuff. It really does uh, look good for the rest of the season for Tom, and uh, hopefully it can continue for him in that way. Um, we'll go back a step and we'll we'll look at race one, and really, I guess we'll talk about. Uh, the, the standout rider of the weekend, I guess, in Lee Johnston, uh, took victory in both the races. Double race winner to start it off. Really, sort of what I expected to see from Lee. Um, sort of, he was always that sort of last season and seasons gone by, sort of third best to to, to Brad and Jack Kennedy in in Super Sport. So it's good to see him sort of picking up where where they left off. But Dawn, I don't know if I did hit right, but. Is he not taking part in the whole the whole Super Sport season this year, Lee? Did the, did the team say that they were focusing more on Isle of Man and North West? Yes, I um, heard that when he was doing his podium interview. Excuse <clears throat> me. So it, it does um, bode that he might not be at every round. So that is leaving the door open, I suppose, for for Tom and uh, perhaps Luke Staple for Tom Booth Amos to you know rack up the points if Lee's missing and. And both these victories, to me, just seemed so effortless. He just went out there and, you know, as if he wasn't really trying sort of thing. But, yeah, well well done to Lee. Yeah, Lee's, uh, Lee's race two victory was definitely uh, was class to watch. He came where he got him on the final lap against Reese. Um, it, was, it was a good weekend as a whole for him. And hopefully he can maybe persuade the team to do a few more rounds than they were going to do to hopefully bring back a, a British Supersport Championship for himself and the team. Um, you mentioned Luke Stapleford, and I thought he had, especially in race one, a very good opening race, battling with the gear link Kawasaki of Tom Buvemos. And Jack, is Luke Stapleford running his own team this year? Was that his own biking team that he put together? Yeah, it's like the team he used to run with the, the Triumph a few years ago. He, uh, he really did... Showed some some promising stuff in race two, didn't he? Battling against the the other Kawasaki of the Gear Link. What did you make of Stapleford's first weekend with with his team? I guess. Yeah, race one was solid, pressurising uh, Johnston the whole way. Just didn't quite have enough to. Uh, well, it was red flagged, I think, wanted it, so he didn't quite have a chance to attack. And then in race two, unfortunately, suffered some kind of failure on the bike with so that stop to fight for the podium again but it's a solid start for Luke he's got good pace and now we've got to see what's uh, what's Alton Park has for him yeah um, 
a bit similar really for Tom Bufamos. A, a good start in race one, uh, took third place there, did crash out in, in race two in a in an incident down towards uh, Brooklands. But again, a good start really for those two Kawasaki boys. The I don't know if, if you guys would agree with me here, but I thought the Suzuki's were performing a lot higher than I thought they would be with, um, with both Jamie Perrin and Reese Irwin. Uh, Perrin fifth in race one and then fourth in race two. And Reese Irwin taking a podium that I didn't expect. I don't know if, if you two thought Reese would be challenging for a podium this weekend at all. Um, a solid churn from him. What I think was his birthday weekend as well. So that was a, a solid a solid start for the two Suzuki boys. Um, just looking through for, for Ducati riders. Ben Curry, Dawn. He was sixth in both races, the uh, Moto Rapido team as well. Uh, different fortunes for them in Supersport compared to Superbikes, wasn't it, with, with Ben Curry? Yeah, and I think that's been a really good start for the team. It's a new venture for them having a Supersport bike on there. So, you know, all the important data and everything like that. So I think that was a good start for the Moto Rapido team. Yeah, they uh, they really did show up and and they did well. Uh, Dawn, I'll, I'll go back to you and I'll ask about um, the other two McAdam riders and uh, how uh, the team has found they did at the start of the season and uh, what they've what they've what they've said after the the opening round of the season and what their thoughts have been. Yeah, Jack Nixon. He, he you know he had a good round. He's struggling a little bit with setup, and uh, they'll probably because they're testing today at Alton Park. But I don't think they'll get much track time. The weather's not really very good there at the moment. But I think they're just trying to find Jack the perfect setup. Um, there's a little weight issue because Jack's so light. Um, they were trying to do something with that over the weekend. So um, he got an eighth in race one. So, you know, that that's a nice, good start. And Max has been doing really well. He finished 11th, but he's also qualified in both the races really well to get a little bit further up on the grid. So it's been a very promising start. Yeah, uh, just looking through, Tom second, like we said earlier, Jack is in 10th in the championship and Max is in 12th. So yeah, a good start for the McAdams team, especially where Max was the, the later entry at the, the free bikes to the team. So he's he's he started well. Um, Jack, was there anyone else in Supersport that caught your eye this weekend that sort of was higher up than you'd expect them to be? Uh Blaze Baker in seventh, he had a really good ride. I can't remember where he started from, but to finish seventh for the for the is it ready for racing team for Gino's Gino Rea's team. Good yeah. good start for the season for them. Considering he was last year he would have had a little bit of experience on that bike or something similar being on the tri options, Gatti Tri Options bike. So yeah, good stuff. It was a good race by him. And also thought Jamie Perrin was uh, quite Surprising as well because we've seen how fast he can be and to jump on a Suzuki and get two solid finishes and be third in the championship after the opening round. Solid stuff for him. Yeah, really solid stuff from uh, Gino Ria's team. And it was good to see Gino walking around the paddock as well throughout the weekend. And uh, after his accident, what uh, really was, yeah, horrible stuff at Suzuki for him. And it was good to see him back in, in BSB and looking happy and healthy. Um, let's have a look towards the Superstock riders now, because there really was one standout rider for me for the weekend, and that was Franco Bourne. I thought he really came through, did well. Uh, Jack, what, what had you thought of, of Franco Bourne's opening weekend of the season in the Superstock category? Yeah, it was great. I did not expect him at all to... I expected this maybe the end of the season, not the the start at all but you know, he's a he's a 2020 British Talent Cup champion and he's proving why and yeah first race really just solid second place kept it kind of patrolled then race two held off Dan Linfoot the entire way and won in spectacular style so yeah Franco might be a, one to look out for might be the, the next mm-hmm. person to stop Billy McConnell from taking that title yeah, Franco Bourne does currently lead the, the the championship on his Honda, and I'm just looking. There are five Hondas that lead the way 
currently in Superstock, so clearly the bike to be on. Um, yeah, you mentioned Billy McConnell as well, and really you look at who Franco was fighting throughout the weekend, and he was up against some experienced uh, experienced Superstock riders, especially with Olsen, Billy McConnell, Dan Linfoot. So, you know, really good stuff for an opening weekend for Franco. And we'll, we'll go on to Billy McConnell, someone I think you'd called out, Jack, as who you'd expect to be um, a Superstock champion uh, this year. What happened in race two to Billy? Because I didn't catch all of that race at the uh, end. No, he got reinstated. Oh, did he? So basically a bike, I don't know what bike it was, but some bike dropped a load of fluid at turn three mm. and Billy hit the fluid and went down. But I think he got reinstated. Because um, it should go a lot yeah. back, shouldn't it, with the uh, red flag? Yes, yeah, so we didn't get reinstated. Did. So he's, he's lost, so to the, no fault of his own, he's lost... 13 points or so. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm looking on TSR and it said that he. Uh, oh, 18 points he's missed out on. Yeah, he's not classified. So that's really a, a disappointing uh, sort of end to his race, too, I guess, after running so well throughout the weekend. Um, she's looking through. Alex Olsen uh, made the switch from a BMW, which is run by FHO, to uh, a Honda. And he had a good start to, to his season with a first place and a third place in Superstock. Um, Dawn, another rider as well, Dan Linfoot, was in Superbikes last year, um, switched over to Superstock midway through the season. And really, he started his 2023 season off really well, hasn't he? Yes, very strong, very strong. I mean, he's actually third in the championship. And also, he said on his podium interview, he's just doing it to try and set the team up be a bit like a coach but he's actually proving that I think he's got perhaps a few more years left in him to be a rider why not if he's if he's getting on the podium why not yeah he really did have a an impressive uh, an impressive start to the season and as I'd mentioned Honda seems to be the bike to be on in, in Superstock had so many others that were there or thereabouts um you had uh, you had a few BMWs in the mix. Uh, you had an Aprilia somewhere in the mix. And you had Joe Francis on the Kawasaki. Um, it looks like a, a Honda class, really, actually, when I'm looking through the names and what bikes they're on. Uh, Jack, do you reckon there's any reason towards why they'd pick the Honda? Or do you think it's just... It seems to be the bike that's working in Superstock it's this year. In stock form, it's probably just got the most power and the best handling and everything, so... I think it's just the most developed bike at the moment. I mean, I'd love to see the new BMW have a go against this, but uh, currently the Honda seems to be the best bike since it's came out. Is Sealy on the new BMW? Not yet, no. Right, so he's in a bit of a, a Haslam situation then currently. Yeah. Right, that's in, but he's still got a, a sixth place in, in race two, Dawn. That was a, a good show from Sealy, wasn't it? Yes, definitely, because like you say, um, he hasn't been in the paddock for a couple of years, so I guess he's been doing a bit of road racing and that, but no, to get back onto a fast circuit, no, that was a good start. Yeah, just to uh, sum up how well the Honda is doing in Superstock, just looking through the top 10, and every bike in the top 10 is a Honda apart from two, which is Sealy on the BMW in eighth, and Joe Francis in sixth on the Kawasaki. So some very good showing from, from Honda throughout the, the Superstock weekend. Uh, is there anyone else that uh, you guys noticed throughout the Superstock weekend that uh, was impressive that I've uh, missed out? Um, I will say that I was shocked that Braden Elliott wasn't further up the order. Yeah, on the... Yeah. considering how we started last season yeah, he's currently 15th in the championship on four points so yeah I did expect a little bit of a, a brighter start from Braden yeah I uh, I kind of forgot that he'd uh, he'd switched teams, switched manufacturers so maybe that's uh, one reason behind it um before we swiftly move on to MotoGP and have a little chat about uh, the American Grand Prix coming up this weekend, let's have a look at the, the Talent Cup. 
and uh, have a speak about some of the, the antics that was going on there this weekend. But Dawn, um, how did the, the Mortimer Racing team get on this weekend? How did they, they feel they, that their two riders got on? Um, not too bad, unfortunately. Um, little Ollie, he had a high side uh, in race two and unfortunately took another ride route, which we do apologise for. But it was just a steady opening round for both riders, uh, getting used to everything. Yeah. Um, see, I was just looking through. I found them then and now I've lost them. Yeah, Alex got uh, got points for, for Mortimer Racing, so not, a, not an awful start to the season. Um, one man that really did sort of, I guess, who is leading the championship is... Emmanuel Brinton, who really is has come through and two second places, did well, uh, just beating the reigning champion, Johnny Garness, who was in third in both races, who did have to start last on the grid in the opening race of the season, which uh, there, there did seem to be some sort of, um, Larry Carter was saying it over the, the loudspeakers at Silverstone, saying how it seems that he had sort of disagreed with some officials and uh, as a result got put to the back of the grid for the first race of the season but an impressive ride still what you'd expect from Johnny Garnas the champion Dawn what had you made of of Johnny's first weekend as reigning champion with the number one plate probably disappointing for him I'm, I'm guessing he would like to probably go out and win win both the races but no he had he had his work cut out and he he delivered definitely yeah yeah um, Jack, two different winners in the British Talent Cup, uh, Harrison Desoy and Evan Belford. What did you make of, of both their rides throughout the weekend? Yeah, Harrison, I was very impressed with his, his second ever victory in the Talent Cup. And he definitely seemed very happy with it when he came into Park Fermi. And just a good start for the Michael, Michael Eyes Creswell racing team. And then for Belford, using the, showing some good racecraft and knowledge of the circuit to uh, get a slingshot out the last corner and out-drag Brinton to the line to win his first race of the season and definitely start better than, la- than last season. So uh, I think um, R- the RS Racing, both sides, will be quite happy with one at least one of their riders each, with uh, Reese unfortunately. I think he had a concussion on Saturday. So that's why he wasn't racing on Sunday, but... It's been a strong start for Belford and uh, Brinton in the Irish racing team. Yeah, Brinton uh, leads the championship currently from Harrison and then from Evan Belford and then Johnny Garness in fourth place. Yeah, not the start Johnny would want, but I'm, I'm convinced things will, will pick up for Johnny. Uh, right, I think we can leave BSB there. Been a good start to the season. Looking forward to Alton Park. Uh, looking forward to watching that. I think it's time to jump into the American Grand Prix this weekend that's coming up and look at some predictions for that will hopefully be better than our predictions from Argentina that uh, didn't go so well. And Jack, are you going to play it more more safe for this Grand Prix or are you going to go... I, I have no idea. You're going to decide when you get to it, are you? Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's uh, obviously... The big name of Mark Marquez isn't going to be there, so that's one that's that's ruled out immediately as uh, who a lot of people would expect to be probably his his best chance of a of a race win this season, other than Saxon Ring. Um, let's go straight for it, shall we? And go and straight away look at Moto Three and call who we think is going to win it. Jack, I'm going to put you on the spot straight away. Moto Three. At Cota, who would you put your, your money on for the race win? I'll go on to. Oh. Then he's on to. Dawn, who are you? Yeah, I was going to say on to, actually. I, I think it's going to be his time. I really do. I'm going to go with Jaume Massia. I think he won there last year, didn't he, on, yeah. the, on the KTM. I think he'll do the same on the, the Leopard. And I'll write them down quickly while uh, before we move on to Moto2 so uh, we can look back on them next week. Uh, Moto2, Jack, who are you going to go for? 
Aaron Canet. I, I usually won't go Canet because he, you know, he's he's been the bridesmaid ten times. <laughs> but Cota, he, he's always been strong there. But unfortunately, he's only won there once. But every other time he should have won, he has been leading, and then he's chucked it down the road. So I'm hoping this time we can just stay on two wheels for 18 laps and bring it home. So it's a fair shout with Canet, hopefully ending his uh, his not bad run of form, but his lack of lack of victories. Uh, Dawn, who are you going to go for for the, the Moto2 race at Cota? Arbolino, I think. I think he's just been so strong in these opening couple of rounds. So, yeah, he's my uh, tip for Moto2. I'm going to go with Jake Dixon for the race win. I think it's a circuit he's gone well at in the past, especially last year. Um, he's going to have this this new boost around him with his um, with his new baby girl as well. So I think it's going to be a strong weekend for Jake. And yeah, I think he's going to be a Moto2 race winner there. Um, Jack, the MotoGP sprint race. I think it's going to be a bit wild. Who who do you think is going to take victory in the sprint? Martin. Ooh. Martin. What? Why have you gone with, with Martin? He got pole there last year. That's the only basis I can go off. Because all the other race winners, you know, Bastianini and Marquez, they're out, and Rins is on a Honda, and I can't see Rins winning on a Honda. So I've got to go with Ducati, and Martin's got the best speed out of all of them. I guess, mm. in sprint race form. So I'd go with Martin. Dawn, who are you going to go Martin. towards? Martin as well. I've picked Martin to do it. I think he's got the speed and everything. I think it's going to, yeah, it's going to be his first win. Oh, yeah. He, someone that we thought would do really well in the sprints and maybe hasn't performed as well as we'd expect this season. Um, I really don't know. Um <laughs> I think a sprint around Kota especially is going to be very different to what we've seen in the past with yeah. the, the the length of the track, especially one of the longest on the calendar. Um, I'm going to go Peko. No reasoning behind it. I just think Peko is going to have a, a, a strong sprint race, a bit like how he did at Portimao. Um, Jack, the main race. Any ideas? Uh, Is it a case of just pulling a name out of, of random? Yeah. <laughs> it's wide open this round. I'll go Bez. Ooh. Ooh, I completely forgot about Bez, even though he was winner last time out. Championship leader, you forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, completely forgot about Bez. Um, Dawn, who are you? Who are you going towards this weekend? Uh, Peko. I was toiling with Bears, but Jack's for the say I'm going to go Peko. You reminded me of him now, and I'm going to go for him. I'm going to go with Bears. Thanks for that, Jack. <laughs> Hopefully, he has a good weekend now, and that pays off. Um, there we go, then. So, you both think Onchu will be the race winner in Moto3. I said Jaume Masia. Moto2, Jack has gone with Aaron Kinnett. Dawn, you've gone with Arbolino. And I've gone with Jake Dixon for a sprint race. You've both gone with Martin, and I've gone with Bangyaya. And then the feet, the, the the main MotoGP race. Me and Jack have gone Bez, and Dawn, you've gone with Peko. Let's see if we are anywhere near what we expect that to be. I will put out there actually. It's meant to be bad weather. I think this weekend in in Texas, so that could be. Uh, something to look out for. I think Friday and Saturday are meant to be just total washouts. So the main race on Sunday could be different because it's meant to be uh, really great conditions. So I think it's going to be a, another difficult weekend for the MotoGP boys. Jack, anything to, to add on MotoGP this weekend at Kota? I think you'll definitely be like one of the most, probably the most um, unique sprint race out of the walk of all the bombs and how long the circuit is, etc. But I think it'll still provide some decent racing. Hopefully, if all the bumps, some of bumps haven't reappeared and don't disturb the riders. Don, what are your your thoughts about 
the MotoGP circus heading over to, to Austin once again in the first sprint race there. I think it's going to be just really exciting because it, it's just in all three classes, it's so open. You know, you don't, you can't really say, well, yeah, they're, they're going to win. But I just think it's going to be exciting racing. Yeah. And Jack, uh, finally, before we uh, wrap up for today, a word on our British boys in in the American Grand Prix, especially Skinner, who is racing for the American racing team. How are you expecting uh, Scott, Josh and uh, Scott, Josh, Skinner and Sam Lowe's to do this weekend? Uh, Sam, I think he should do well. He's won that the America's GP before. So if he can just have a solid weekend, top five, I think it's definitely possible for him. Skinner, the team will have to go data from Bobier last season, so he'll know what wind of the bike works in. So we've just got to make sure that uh, he develops well. But if he can try and get in the top 20, that would be decent. Scott will be wanting a top 10. And Josh probably try and get try and get his first points in the dry. But we'll see how that goes for him. Yeah. Uh, Dawn, anything to add from you before we, we wrap up ahead of this weekend? Or, or looking back at, at Silverstone? Um, just the BSB test, I don't think much is really going to happen there. Um, like say it's raining there at the moment, but uh, just counting down now to the, can't believe we've got to wait till the end of sort of April, beginning of May for the next round of BSB. But yeah, at least we've got, um, GP and then is it next weekend world? Yeah. World Superbikes with Assen with yeah. Brad Ray making his, uh, yes. first World Superbike start. So that'll be... Something to look out for, and it is an exciting prospect for him. We'll talk more about um, him next week. Uh, thank you both for joining me. It seems like a good place to call an end to today's episode. And uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, goodbye.